Oh, you want me to be right Yeah, if you can. So you can also hold the mic if, if it's... Ah, yeah, there good. you go. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> we usually smash for, the mics right? at the end of the recording. Yeah, yeah, we drop them at the end. <laughs> this is this is like Tony's Tony's concert dream is just like destroy everything. Why is this falling apart now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a oh, man, gentle, saddle. I'm a My gentle saddles. soul. Are you? Yeah, hell yeah. Of course, of course you are. Boop, boop, boop. He's loving happiness. Of course you are. You're like a meticulous painter. What happened to your kid? I got yeah, rid of him. Happened? I got rid of him. Yeah, you got them wandering around Williamsburg. <laughs> here's wait, here's so, five bucks, wait, kid. Wait, I'll so, see you in a couple so, hours. So sound-wise, so this is good? not illegal. Yeah, I think just a little closer. Like as close. Like You can get all up in that. You can hold it like this just so it's right up on Meow, 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 Yeah, yeah. You'll just sound better. Yeah. I'm trying to... That T is... Is that like, I know that. Is that like stomach with like, I forgot the name of it. Yes, it's, it's stomach the, lining it, tea. It's probably the opposite that. of what you're thinking. It's right no, it's tea. It's, it's chai. Is it? Chai, you asshole. I have chai every day. Do you want some now? No, but I'm addicted to it. Oh, man. I'm addicted. Just, uh, what happened? What's wrong? I just lost the headphones. What did you just do? Thank me? you, though. I didn't do anything. I didn't touch it. I can't hear anything. Wow. Oh. No, it's back. We're off to a great really? start. Really? Yeah. Is it this one? Uh, oh, that's kind of crazy. It's this one. I'm very angry. Uh, you must have knocked it out. Yeah, you, you just did it again. Knocked it out. Here's well, saboteur. And then we have a problem with that. Well, I hear it now. Wire now. Just don't touch it. How dare you. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Maria. <laughs> no worries. Um, should we get? Are we rolling, Jay? Yeah, yeah. All right. Welcome to Suggested Donation. I'm Edward Minow. I'm Tony Sir, and I. And we are joined and in the studio of Maria Crane. Hey, Maria. Hey. Hi, guys. <laughs> and Jay Braun's here. And we're also joined by Jay Braun. 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 Suggested Donation. you listen to the podcast it's okay if you say no so i was going to i was telling ed earlier i was like all right i'm gonna prepare for this i'm gonna listen to everything they've done i'm really gonna think about it i'm gonna think about their format i did none of those things how fast okay. i was gonna say how fast did that go out the window yeah i, I mean <laughs> i did i did i did none of those things i you don't need to prepare the whole idea is that we're just hanging out talking you're like, like a fan of podcasts artists. you get yeah, it i'm a fan of podcasts indeed yeah, my you don't my, my idea of a great conversation <laughs> is just people sitting around for a really long time shooting the shit, maybe getting drunk while they're doing it. Exactly. Did you have like any? Uh, you know, I didn't prepare the actually, tequila. You didn't, you didn't, but we have all the Soylent. So you do have Soylent. We're gonna get drunk off Soylent. soylent. <laughs> Wait, you know? But if you are you fermenting? Mind over matter, dude. Like legitimately. <laughs> if you have good tequila, I will definitely partake in that. I think it's been consumed. I think there's scotch in there though. Well, scotch is that good, but Tony's going to interrupt yeah. too much if we get <laughs> 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 talk at all. So you just you you told us right before we put the the mics on that you just moved to this studio. How long have you been here? I've been here for five or six months. Wow, we're in Williamsburg, in Colonial Brooke? Williamsburg. <laughs> we we are in the bubble. We are officially in the bubble. In the bubble. We're in a we're bubble in a bubble. We're in the bubble in the bubble in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's the best neighborhood ever, and I get to say that because uh, I just do. Where, where did you live before Because everyone around here looks just like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Where, where did you live before this? Um, just in, in a bunch of different places in the city and around it. Mm. Yeah, I was just recounting to someone like how many different spaces and studios I've had in the last seven years being here. And it's... You mean just in New York? Because I know you were... Yeah, that's what I mean. Is like, it's just... It's just been a constant, like, jumping around from neighborhood to neighborhood to yeah. bizarre studio situation from one to the next. Does that mess with you at all uh, in terms of, like, consistency in your work? Or, like, do you... Probably. I mean, I, I, Probably. Tony and I were talking recently about how... Uh, how disruptive it is to switch studios. Like you got to get used to a whole new light situation and like setting things up. If you like have somebody posing, like you got to figure out the light all over again. And it, I don't, it takes me a long, long time to. I completely agree. I mean, I think over time I've actually habituated to how disruptive it is. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I can't tell because that's sort of just the lay of the land. Also my life is, my life is disruptive to my work. Just in general, I think that the way that I tend to live and the lifestyle I have, like, is by nature disruptive to my work. What does that mean? Um, it's the amount that it changes and how quickly, given how slowly I paint, <laughs> is not smart, right? So, like, if I want to optimize those things, I basically don't leave. Like, in a way, this apartment was kind of a solution, um, and my goal for this year was actually just not go anywhere. I was like, I'm going to go get a place that is so nice and be doing something in one place, in one space, with the same, like, intention and kind of, like, mental attitude. The deeper the flow state, right? And, like, what is life other than chasing the flow state? Yeah. I mean, for some people, that's, like, adrenaline and travel and, like, sports, which is for it me as well. like a little bit for you, too. Yeah, for sure. But I want, I want that in my painting more. Like, the, 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 just the insanity of life over the last several years of moving so much, mm -hmm. even though it's been in the same city, like, I can't imagine how much more productive I would have been if I'd been in one place. But, but do you think in terms of content, maybe, that's helpful? The, like, that the chaos somehow drives, like, what you're painting? And what you're painting about. Let, let's say I hope so. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to rationalize. I mean, I am painting a lot about chaos, too. So right. it, I think it, it's... It Maybe I just, by nature, gravitate towards those types of things. <laughs> Did you have to force yourself to be able to concentrate on that flow state that you were talking about? Meaning, is it unnatural for you to almost want to be in the same place, live and work and not move around? Because you've always been a pretty energetic person. I don't think that it, I don't think that being in one place is necessarily being non-energetic. Mm -hmm. I think in a way I've had, I've, I've kind of been all over the place, literally almost because I didn't have a place. Because you're, <laughs> you're kind of homeless? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like, I mean, it, yeah, kind of. I mean, it, that's kind of it, right? So like, here I walk in and I call this a spaceship. So like, I walk into my spaceship and I'm like, Awesome. I don't need to leave. Yeah. All I have to do is paint. I just like <laughs> I have like a giant library and like look at books, like look at stuff online, make drawings all over the floor. Like I, I almost wish that I could just like splatter paint all over this floor. The place is way <laughs> too pristine too for you. Is it like pristine. getting a new car and as soon as you get that first dent, you're like, all right, I don't drive, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Did you, um, do you like the being in the same place, uh, same studio and living uh, combination? It's good, right? It's the best. Although, I mean, ideally it would be like 
next door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, like I, I don't know who's going to be paying for the next door component yeah. of it. <laughs> Especially um, in New York. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's fantastic. I walk downstairs and where I need to be, I don't have to commute. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you how happy I've been with mm-hmm. this with this situation. Like, I could like dance right now. It's made me so happy. There's a lot of people who can't do it. The yeah. idea of having their workspace and their living uh, living space doesn't work because they'll they find excuses to not be concentrating and working. They'll be like, I gotta go wash the dishes or something. Yeah. Or they need to separate themselves from their work. I mean, I think some people feel like. Uh, it's if they're in it all the time it's like it's it's overwhelming and that you need like a separate place for work and uh and painting but obviously you don't feel that it's way. overwhelming is it but the upside is greater yeah i mean that's what i find yeah i mean i think it's profoundly overwhelming i think it's overwhelming even if you're not in the studio all day long like to me i don't really understand how you can walk out the door and not be thinking about Right. What you're doing or still. judging yourself. <laughs> Mostly judging yourself. I'm glad you said that because really it's like we were we were kind of joking about it earlier, but we were kind not, of not joking. We were kind of not joking. So we were we were definitely not joking. So so I mean I, I guess I'll have, I'll start with the silver lining and saying that like there's a reason that we paint when 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 like we do have those like really profound ecstatic moments yeah. where we're like really really in it and almost like justifies all the other like insanity but but yeah like when you feel like you're in a perpetual state of failure at every single turn i mean it's really <laughs> you know to live among that you yeah you have to be able to detach if not physically then mentally you know is that why you have trouble finishing you were mentioning probably before i hate finishing paintings i love starting paintings i love starting paintings i could start paintings all day long <laughs> just like give me like giant canvases and i'll just start them and i'll work on them for like a day and a half yeah. And like not sleep and just like plow through it and they'll be like, okay, someone finish that. <laughs> well, do you ever feel like that might be good enough as far as your expression as an artist to be like, that's kind of what I'm in it for? Is this this euphoric feeling of of starting it and then kind of abandoning? So abandoning. So it? I I want to say yes. I'm surrounded at the moment with work that's not like that, which I also love making. Um, and, you know, there is a part of me that likes finishing the things because, like, as you work more with it, it becomes more alive, right? And if you're interested in creating lifelike qualities and, like, digging in deeper into whatever kind of that emotional state is that you're working with, I mean, which is the thing that really moves people too, right? Sure. Is like, I mean, yes, you can overwork something to death, but, but generally, if you know what you're doing, you'll be working and working and working. And if you're painting people and it is, like, about the emotional content, that really becomes explosive, like the more that you work with it. But yeah, I feel like I need to just prepare a huge stack of big canvases and just get and just get in there and like <laughs> devote like two or three days a week to just doing like ridiculous unfinished projects. And who knows, like maybe those will actually be much better than my like quote unquote finished work. Unclear. Yeah, like but all you... those Turners that he left when he died in the studio. Oh yeah. Nobody really knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just there were all these paintings. It's like it's unclear what they are, you know. And what he was going for. Yeah. As far as... Mm. You, but you know. Yeah, some of them are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Some yeah. Of them are like the most amazing paintings you'll ever see. I mean, many of his paintings are some of the most amazing paintings you'll ever <laughs> yeah. see. It's, yeah. So yeah. what? Wh- how did you get started on 
painting? Like, was that something that you were brought up with? Is it something that you've always, always done? Like, what, how did, how did you find yourself where you are now? So I, I doodled all my life mm-hmm. and, and was, at some point I began to draw as well. You were a serious doodler. I was a, I was a, I was a cons- consummate doodler. Professional doodler. And then a, a aspiring draftsman and I wanted to paint. I really wanted to paint. I was terribly intimidated by it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this looks hard. And I knew I wanted to paint and I had visions for what I wanted to paint. And I just didn't do it. And I went through a lot of avenues of study and whatnot. Where and then at 20, I was like, I'm 20. I should start now. Because <laughs> when I look back at the people that I love, they were astronomically more proficient at the age of 16. And I was like, (laughs) I did the math, I assessed the situation, and I was like, here's what I'm doing now, I'm no longer gonna do any of those things, and I'm gonna go paint. What were the other things that you were doing? So after, well, I kind of got myself into into a a college situation, which was cool. (laughs) And I I call it a situation. (laughs) It's a thing, yeah. I mean, college is such an interesting, experience and it's such a mixed bag yeah. particularly as I feel like even in the last like 10 years like like the way that we the way that I feel like intelligent people look at college has become more and more interesting and it's diverse. changed a lot yeah it, it has um after high school I did not plan on going to college so I I took the sort of like proverbial year off but I actually just went to a drawing school I studied at an atelier and I and I started like maybe two weeks after graduating from high school. So I worked like through those 12 months, like through that next summer. And it was awesome. I spent like 12 hours a day. It was called Sora School of Representational Art. Was this in the States? Yeah, it's in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, it's in Chicago. I actually almost moved to Toronto to go to the Angel Academy. Okay, the, the, yeah. They had like a satellite location yeah, at the time. Yeah. I, I think they still do. Maybe. I think they do, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd been there in high school. Someone brought me there in high school. My mom's piano student. Um went to study there while I was still in high school and then he came back and was showing me his drawings and I was like how do you I want to learn that? how to do yeah. that like yeah. like that's going to be fantastic because I always felt like is I mean I've basically been making these sorry that, I, that our audience can't see it but it's like it's okay. I mean I've been doodling just doodling all my mm-hmm. life right this is like an extension of my childhood drawings but it felt really frustrating that I couldn't look at something and then create just kind of like a, and they had like a, a veritable, I mean, interesting image. They from have it. a surreal quality to it. So were you kind oh, totally. of, were you going in that direction? A kind of more surrealistic. It's, it's total free association time. I don't mm. really think about it. I love making those drawings because I don't think about them. Jesus like my, kinda, like my, my. There's like a mathematical quality. Too. It's almost like an Escher kind of. Your, I'm like three different people at yeah. least. <laughs> <laughs> we can get into that. Yeah, yeah. Let's we get will. into that. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's sort of that's that's really my strength, I think. But it's it's such a weakness in terms of business and okay. art art market shit it's just like my achilles heel but otherwise it's my total superpower i'm like <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm at least three different artists in this brain at least well, that's kind of the reason why we're in it is that idea of no i mean technically it's supposed to be this idea of no rules and i like the idea of just throwing ha-ha. out I, exactly <laughs> i know haha but it's supposed to be no rules are there are there walls between your different personalities unfortunately i can't yet afford that amount of square footage but <laughs> at some point i aspire to have I mean, walls your, between them in your like 
in your making of work, do you like, do you see yourself as distinctly different, like indistinctly different modes or do they cross over? Like does one inform the other? Does one creep into the other? Sometimes. I want, I think I want them to inform each other a little bit more. I'm like, if I can take what's in here and combine that with what I know how to do with oil paint, I think that's kind of going to be the holy grail. Mm -hmm. I'm still looking for it. Like, I'm still kind of, like, blindly wandering around looking for it. But at the same time, maybe that's a terrible idea, too. You know, maybe, like, what this is is exactly so wonderful because because it is in this somewhat limited medium of just ink. And it's a distinct standalone kind of a... And it's small to begin with. And, like, yeah. And it just kind of is its own thing. But if it's honest and it represents a part of you, it's possible and possibly likely that they're going to intersect at one point. And it would be very interesting to see what... I would love to see it myself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always curious when people have um, a certain amount of skills that they are really, I mean, they're just very talented and very skilled to see what, when they start going kind of off-roading, what comes out of it because of the backing of skills. Like, you never know what's going to come out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because it really does kind of loop all the way back around. I mean, after I learned a lot about drawing over that year, spending, you know, basically like 12 hours a day in that studio and we had these like tiny little cubicles where we set up charcoal casts and like, you know, you know. So you this, did the whole wait, thing. this is you back in Chicago. Yeah, this, this was in Chicago. This was before college and then I got so bored. Oh my God, I got so <laughs> freakishly bored. I was the youngest person there. There were 18 people. I didn't know anybody. I was like, you know, maybe I should go hang out with some people my own age and like have an experience of life. So I just applied to a ton of schools and then went to the one whose campus I liked best. That ended up being the University of Chicago, and and anybody who knows anything about that school will understand how funny it is for me to say that, because it's a school that trains academics. It's really not like a school that you just pick because you like the campus. I had a great time there. It was very intense. Like a good Russian child, I decided to study things that weren't just the humanities. (laughs) Like science? Like like a little science, a little little math. math. Yeah. Just a lot of things I suck at. I figured I'd like try to learn about things I suck at but anyway did your whole cohort become like quants they're all like I mean I know a lot of people like that either way yeah (laughs) I I I really kind of like jump back and forth between the between the the creative and objective for sure no no I was studying philosophy and and some math and getting through a bunch of core curriculum stuff um yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to go to art school. I just categorically did not want to go to art school. I think maybe just because I didn't really understand what art school could be. I only saw what I had seen, and I just didn't want to participate in it. My college situation, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was awesome. It was spectacular. It was such a privilege to be able to do this. So kind of like two years into it, I sort of just looked around and assessed the situation. It was like, you know, this is real expensive. <laughs> and yeah. this is really not useful for me as far as what I want to be doing, like actually doing as a daily practice for the rest of my life. So I kind of, I had to, I had to just like restructure the way that I thought about that, the way I thought about what my education was going to be like and how I was going to attain it. Um, and I hate sitting in classrooms. I love listening and I can actually listen to lectures for a long time, but, Mm. but sitting in classrooms 
the act of sitting is not for me. Like that, <laughs> that like shape that the body makes, like that, that's just not a shape that my body wants to make. So that was completely out of the question, like from the get go. So like, I love standing. I stand all day long. I'm like yeah. walking around all day long. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but wait, so, so to, to loop that around, having that skill set, just even from that one year of kind of boot camp training, also has transformed the way I approach this because there's a lot more skill just in sort of like the arsenal of my intuition that like sits in there that now I can use. So like even the doodles get better. It's wonderful. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, college is like super helpful, but I just had to, f I just had to like, you know, stare reality into the face a little bit because I was not willing to um, come out of my university time with any debt because I knew that I wanted to paint and I knew that I have always been and forever will be eminently unemployable. <laughs> so, you know, painting is the way that I was going to do that and I figured it wouldn't really be a walk in the park to start. So if I had like $60,000 in student debt, that would just be like another reason to bitch, you know? Well, fuck that, but another reason to be annoyed, yeah, right. you know? What, yeah. that, were, you, were your parents you know, saying anything? Were they commenting on your, your, your life trajectory or anything? So, so, so funny, yeah, funny about that. My parents basically, from the age of like 17 onward or 16 onward, I think they have trusted me to a fault. And then before then, they also did not trust me to a fault. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's been very like polar. Like before then, couldn't get ahead. After that, do what you, do want. What you want, right? <laughs> but, but, but to the point where it was like very difficult to even have any guidance. I mean- You're like, I, what do I, you think, mom, I feel, dad? I feel, like, I feel like things have turned out pretty well. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really silly. I was like, ah, I want to go to university and study a bunch of really strange esoteric things and it's going to be real expensive because I didn't apply at any public schools. <laughs> and they're like, fantastic, go do that. And then I'm like, you know what? That two years of college that you paid for, I'm just going to scrap that and <laughs> I'm going to move to Europe and I'm going to paint. Like, how about that? And they're like, fantastic idea. <laughs> so it's kind, of, it's kind of been like that. So where did you move in Europe? Um, I moved to Norway for the summer and then after that I moved to Iceland because I went and and like I, I, I do it in quotes, like quote unquote, studied with Odnerdrum for that summer. Yeah. <laughs> studied means like means you kind of hung around I while hung he was out, working and you him painted paint, and painted, painted. Yeah, for sure. But um, how did you even come across him or know to go up to Norway? Because that's not generally a place where you would go, you know, study classical painting. Yeah, for, for sure. Odnerdrum. Um, when I was studying at Sora, someone came in with a book and just like put it in front of me, like two books actually, because we had a lot of kind of ping-pongy philosophical conversations about art when yeah. we were there, which was actually great. And someone comes in and they're like, you're really gonna like this. So they bring me a book of his reproductions and like another little book of essays or something, which were interesting, but like kind of incoherent, but like super interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and I looked at the book and I was like, seriously, this person is alive? Yeah. <laughs> this person yeah. is alive? I was yeah. like, I'm going to go study with him. In two years, I'm going to go study with him. So that's what I did. Two years later, I went and I, I, I found his students and I wrote to his wife. 
I literally wrote, hi, my name is Maria. I'm studying math and philosophy. I'd like to come visit you. And they were like, sure, come for the summer. They're like, super welcoming. They're right? super welcoming. It was, it was crazy. I'm like, don't you want to know anything about me? Well, he, like, I mean, philosophy that like for him, that's probably like, okay, you, you got me. Like he, I mean, he loves to sit there and I, talk I, about I think philosophy. They just, right? I think, I think they, they asked, they asked for us to send them a photo. So he was like, I think I can use this person as a mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the other true. thing, right? Everybody poses for him, right? Yeah. At some point. Oh yeah. For like yeah. countless hours. It's actually, it's actually really fun. I mean, he, he, he does sometimes like borderline abuse us with it, but it's, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like, if you're sitting there for like five hours, like you're like, all right, this isn't really that interesting. <laughs> does he talk um, to you? Does he? Does, totally. He's he so interesting. Kitsch? Cause I know that took he me talks, a and at, at the time that I knew him, he talked about kitsch and Norwegian politics. One of which I was interested in. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, unclear which one, though. Uh, I yeah. mean, I know he had, um, even back then when I first discovered him, um, the whole, uh, I, I knew uh, a couple of people from Norway, and they would talk about him and his beef with, like, the Norwegian public. Right. In so many ways. I've got beef with everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's, let, let, like, don't even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, beef with Norwegian, What's with the Norwegian public is right just now? beef. Just is beef he, in general. He, I don't know. I haven't trouble. seen him in years. There was, like, a period yeah. where there was stuff happening. And... Yeah, it sounded really gnarly but and then terrible. It like... And, and it, it's, like, what a, what a blight on, like, the Norwegian cultural history that they should, like, ostracize someone of that importance and caliber and value to their nature to their nation but i don't absurd. think that they like, recognize i mean i, I of think course that not. they're he's, total idiots but he he's such a like talented amazing artist and i think that he's beyond talented and amazing i mean he's like one of the most epic things that's ever happened in that country culturally but, <laughs> well I mean, modern I mean, I, but yeah i mean I he's not like a household name like people don't know who he is in norway everybody knows who no he is. i mean in, in the world I well think i mean he he made a lot of he made a lot of decisions that that prevented him from becoming a household name. I think uh, on purpose. I don't. I, I mean, I, I mean, do think that also it's got to do. It's with also the figurative art painting. He, right. It's exactly. also figurative painting. I mean, that's, figurative figurative painting. It's going to be really at. interesting to see what happens over the next like ten years because I feel like even in the last seven, I don't mm -hmm. know if you guys feel this, but like t to me, it seems like the whole landscape has completely transformed. Yeah. Yeah, and and a lot of it, like in my opinion, has just to do with um, social media and, and just the way that we're using the internet. Like, websites, dead. Nobody yeah. goes to websites. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe Google image search, whatever. But you just get, like, I mean, Instagram, you, it's like a constant, like, dopamine wheel <laughs> of imagery. And then at some point, you realize that, like, some of the stuff's really good. And you're like, wow, this did not even exist five years ago. It's hard to figure out. I mean, I don't know what to make of that stuff. Because, like, I'm so glad to actually be in your studio looking at your paintings in mm. person. You build up a lot of uh, impasto. The, the paintings are textured. Mm. Your drawings have, like, an incredible quality. There's almost like a it's like a veil over all of your drawings. There's just some kind of a softness to done it. Done on mylar? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. I, I love that sense of atmosphere. I think that's yeah. actually, if I think about the one thing that you don't get that much in contemporary art is atmosphere. Like every, you know, things don't, flat stuff looks great on a two by two inch screen, yeah. which is how I feel like a lot of us are even looking at art these days. I know I am. But that's my beef with it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But, but you know what? It's a double-edged sword though, right? Because 
the the negative is that you are oversaturated and you you just just by the nature of it you stop really valuing what you're looking at deeply like deeply deeply valuing it right like because if you only have one book you're gonna look at every single one of those pages and you're gonna look at it for weeks and weeks and weeks when you're gonna think about it exactly like there are very few images that I scroll through on a daily basis that I ever will go back to. Back to yeah. And I wonder if anybody goes back to my paintings. I mean, I, like some of them do because yeah. some because I can tell which ones get shared and reshared and whatever. Like I, I can actually track that. So that's really interesting. Um, like the system of it to track. But but I, I mean, on the on the good end, I think that. Um, the proliferation of this imagery and also the proliferation of skill in that combination over the last like five, seven, 10 years, like given how people are seeing it on social media, I think it's actually inspired people to be better painters because it's literally like the competition is a lot more, yeah, it's, a lot it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot more intense, but it's not even that. It's like you see somebody doing something really beautiful and you're like, wait, that's possible with paint. I can do that too. Right. Right. And then you're like 15 years old and you're like, that's possible with paint. I can do that too. It's, that's, it's really awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome. I think it's going to really transform the way, just the way that paintings are made into you know, like a lot of things that I think some of my older friends would have complained about. Like people, I mean, if if people came up in like the seventies or eighties in this, in this environment where figurative painting was practically ostracized, that does not exist today to the same extent. People people will argue that because they're still not making as much money as like, you know, just crazy abstract kind of like not non, non mimetic at all work that you might see up at, insert gallery name Anywhere, here. yeah. Or any museum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, even that, like, there's some there's some cool stuff there. There is. There's, there's some definitely cool some stuff. good stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely, I will no longer be that person kind of, like, shitting on contemporary art. I'm just not interested. <laughs> there's way too much cool stuff out there. Yeah, I, I think I grew up sort of like under a cloud of people being annoyed by contemporary art, which I understand because a lot of these people were, again, like older figurative painters. And I get it that there was a problem in the past, but I also think that people need to adapt a little bit more to the situation of the present. Kind of, but I mean, like we all have limited time and the day, and if you're going to look at, you know, a certain, like spend a certain amount of your time looking at stuff... I don't want to like spend that time going to the armory show on the pier and looking at, you totally. know, I'd much prefer God, looking at. God, it was at... so stuffy. <laughs> <laughs> it was so stuffy. I mean, there were like a couple of things that I saw there that were incredible. That's but... how those things are though. They're like, you see a couple of things that are, you're like, okay, that's gratifying that there's something of interest. And then the rest of it, you're kind of like. What was it recently that I saw that I was just like, oh, I went to the, I went to the Whitney. I literally wanted to leave the States. I was like, I'm moving to London. I was like, I do not need to, I was like, if this is a survey of American painting, I am fucking out of here. I was like, I I came back home and I was like, just, I was like kind of antsy. I'm like, what am I doing in this country? I'm like, I could just leave. This is not the art that I want to be around. And again, like there's a lot of incredible contemporary art just so happens that the Whitney Biennial decided to show approximately zero of it. Yeah. No, actually, you know what's funny? I, I, so I didn't go, but I was reading a review in the Times about it, and uh, they were describing one painting, which they were saying was brilliant, and then they showed an image of it, and it was like, the idea, what they were describing was horrible, and then the painting itself was even <laughs> more horrible. But right? there was one little painting 
that was like a beautifully painted little head in black and white. And I was like, zoomed in on it. I was like, wait a sec, that looks good. I zoomed in on it. It was really good. And then I zoomed back out. It was, and I'm not, this is dead serious. Literally, it was painted on a piece of bologna. No. Yeah. So it was a beautifully painted, for, for the Whitney to accept a beautifully painted head that was tiny, it had to be painted on a piece of bologna <laughs> to get past the gatekeepers of the Whitney, which is so, who cares? Like, it. <laughs> It I'm just, obsessed with I'm about, I'm about to shut this podcast so off right now <laughs> and just leave because I'm I like, mean, I don't someone, even want to hear can this. Can we fact check that? Can we, can I, we like, can, I can actually get the can review. Can corroborate that? Because like, so, so I will, admittedly, I did not see this piece. I may need to go back to the Whitney to view I it. I would be surprised. I would be surprised that there is, if there was somebody who attained the I think skills I actually, you know what, I, to be I able to do that. Saved and, a screenshot of it. But do you, yeah. I would be surprised that if there was somebody who can actually paint yeah, a here beautifully it is. painted head and wanted to do it on bologna. Like, w- why would somebody do it that? It doesn't have the name on it. I need to see this too. Oh, it's, it's great though. It's wonderful. How did they treat the bologna? In red wine, apparently. Really? What do yeah. you mean? <laughs> I don't know. They, I guess it's like Well, pickle. when I dip wow. my paintings into red wine, they become archival as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, right. Let me see this. All right, but at the same time, <laughs> oh, don't let Jay near Google. everybody. Everybody's listening to this. Get on your phone and look at the bologna painting. But at the same time, you have to. But you have to also remember that you might be looking at that portrait in the context of seeing so much bad stuff around that, that if that same painting... The portrait not, is solid. Not painted at, on, I haven't it. seen it's it, solid. but I, I can't... Because I've been to some of those art fairs where, you know, I'll see something that's like, oh, that's good, and in it's really context, not good. Right. It's just that it's not so horrible and not so out of the, well, you know, the realm of, of just... You know, completely not making my. <laughs> what is that? Oh Jay found a, a car bologna covered car. in bologna. A bologna car. Jay's worst nightmare in art well, form. If the car was made of bologna, would you drive it? <laughs> That's very funny. I mean, uh, the the vegan question. <laughs> cars do contain animal products, and I do drive them. Tires have animal products. In them. Seriously, mind blown. (laughs) You heard it here first. Suggested donation podcast. Are you? um, Do you try to pay attention to what's going on out there in the art world? Sounds like you do. Whether it be the modern art, you know, the kind of contemporary abstract or realism, do you kind of see what's going on, or do you try to isolate yourself from it? Both. You do. How do you handle both? Badly. (laughs) I mean, I think I isolate myself in that I like to isolate myself in the studio. Ultimately, I think just like every other person, I'm addicted to social media. So like I sort of see what's going on. And then on occasionally I'll take my, you know, occasionally I'll take that like saunter through Chelsea and and I'll find some cool stuff and Mm -hmm. then generally just be really put off by the the choices that are being made curatorially because to me like every single every single time I see a wall and there's something on it it means that something else is not on it Mm -hmm. so like that's how I look at walls in galleries like if you have something there it means that like essentially like an unlimited number of things were curated out of Mm -hmm. that wall yeah and like the fact that you chose to put that thing on there is a profound choice like what you choose to put up there will change the world in essence and that baloney (laughs) 
And that bologna, I mean, it's really funny because it's like a figurative painting on bologna anyway. Whatever. It's yeah. hilarious. Um, it's on, funny, on my worst but days, also sad. I, on my worst days, I feel like that. Yeah. Right? It's like, this is... A piece of bologna. A piece of bologna. <laughs> yeah. And then... Yeah, and then if people write to me and they like tell me how it impacted their lives and that they really love it, then I'm like, okay, maybe I should. Yeah, this is this is good. Like, yeah, yeah. So so that external. So in terms of isolation, like, yeah, sometimes for me it's really good for me to just isolate myself. Like I, just so that I'm not swimming in this ocean of, um, like ADHD influence, because yeah, yeah. there's no real way to hold all of those elements in your mind. I mean, if you think about really what the human brain is capable of doing, no matter how smart you are, it's about seven things at once, right? If you're looking at so much work that you have all this stuff like up on the surface swimming in your head, I think it's very, very difficult to actually be productive in your own way. I mean, it's great to gather information. It's almost like the R&D component. But once I start working, I think I need to tune everything out almost because I don't even want to be influenced a lot of the time by the things I see, mm-hmm. which is inevitable, but I, like, I want to kind of distance myself from it. But what's great about isolating myself in here is that people can still write to me and I can still write to them. So yeah. mm-hmm. like on a, on a good day, someone will just write and like tell me how wonderful it is to like wake up with the work and then go to sleep with it. And I'm like, okay. Cool. I'm not doing this just for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because I like painting for myself, but but at the end of the day, I, I I don't. Even people who do say that they really just only paint for themselves, I I have a hard time believing that. And I and there are some people I admire who do say that, but I I have yeah, I have a hard time it. like really seeing the truth in it because it's a relation of differences in every way. I mean, we 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 are community. Yeah. There's, I mean, I think there's a, there's a myth surrounding that. Like people like to point to Van Gogh and say, well, you know, he just, nobody was buying his painting, but he was desperate for market approval. Like he was, and he like would change up his style completely to when he saw Gauguin selling next to him, you know, like he was desperate for approval. And I I think we all like don't want to give ourselves over to that, but that is a part of all of us that like you want your paintings to resonate with somebody other than you. And if they don't, it doesn't necessarily feel good or successful. Like when, you know, I think for, for Tony and for me, a lot of the, like the biggest reward is when our community of painters responds to our paintings like that. I mean, ideally you want to be able to sell your paintings, but the best thing for me is like the painters that I admire, you know, coming and saying like, God, I saw that painting of yours at some gallery or that blew me away. Like that is like, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. I would, I would be, uh, it would be hard to convince me uh, somebody in our community or in any sort of community, whatever they do, who wouldn't be that, that, that isn't gratifying to them to have their peers come and say what you did was really great or, you know, anything like that. I, I mean, I think just our pack animal, instinct of wanting to be accepted but it's like people who you admire or people who you think are doing amazing things when they when what you're doing resonates with them they look at you as a peer and everything and that's a good feeling i mean for sure it's a conversation right yeah of course yeah i mean this is just a language it's just a different type of language and that's what we're trying to do is Mm. actually have this conversation whether it be visual and over 
you know, even over time that you can have this conversation with people you don't know because we're creating something visual. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the work that I like from the past, I'm having a conversation with that work totally. through my painting yeah. a lot a of time. Of your own work, you're yeah, my, my own work, yeah. for sure. I mean, that's what's so beautiful, I think, about making images and actually making any type of art is you get to have conversations that are far extended beyond your own lifespan. Like, you get to have conversations with people who have been dead for a really long time with their work, you know, and other people can see that sort of ping pong, can see that relation. Who yeah. are you talking to now? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they're listening, right? So, so here's the thing. You can have those conversations. It just depends. It's, it's not clear whether the people are listening. So you guys are catching me at this, like, really funny moment. Like, I've spent the last week just looking at way too much Rubens and having like you, you both can't dreams. Look at too yeah, I was about Rubens. to say, can you list? You can, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can. I think you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'd always taken him to be, he's sort of a staple of the canon that you are obligated to like in a way because you're like, great painter. Okay. And so you perfunctorily sort of approach mm -hmm. it and you go, great painting, awesome, next. And then I was like, holy shit, look at this thing moving, you know? Like, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at these images, and it's almost like a psychedelic experience <laughs> looking at these paintings, because the amount of energy and motion in them is so profound. And most of the stuff I was looking at was of animals, of, like, hunts and battles, and I'd always known that we anthropomorphize everything, and, you know, you're painting animals, you're really sort of painting about people but it really got driven home to me I was like I really get it there was something there's something about me that just clicked in that moment I was like I don't want to paint people right now I just don't want to paint people right now it's too, it's like way too it's it's way too fraught you start painting animals and you have this like it's just motion there's a freedom to it too. so it's like Completely. more abstract in a way? Yeah, but also, you know, to the point of abstraction, I feel like the more that you start painting realistically, the more you get obsessed with the abstract qualities of things. Yeah, that's true. Right? It's, it's like you have to have all of them all together because the abstraction underpins the composition. Yeah. And then the abstraction is the paint. So, like, literally the mark making is abstraction. Right. It just so happens that you're producing, you know something that fools other people into thinking that it's real. Well, and they, they also, you're kind of covering the tracks of the abstraction. I mean, the abstraction is there. It's happening all over the canvas. But totally. people, you know, they're not abstract paintings. They're real paintings. And some people get tricked into not realizing yeah. how much thought you're putting into the abstraction. I mean... And how all realist paintings happen. Yeah, th just those words. None of the words make any sense, by the way. Realist, <laughs> abstract. Yeah. I'm, I'm really loath to use yeah. any of them because, frankly, if, if that person on that canvas right there came out of the wall, you would run in yeah. horror. <laughs> that like, what is, is not, this month? That is not realistic enough to be human when it comes out. It is abstract. It is so stylized. Like Even if it feels like reality, it's, it's completely so far from it right <laughs> yeah. yeah totally I, I mean we've 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 said that a lot when we would talk about realistic painting 
and and people would be like, oh, it's just like a photograph. I'm like, I don't think so. Because yeah. I would, even when you look at like an Anthony Van Dyke painting, you're like, that doesn't look real. But In the sense that. of like sure it's accuracy, but it looks lifelike. Yeah. I, I love that that's now like, a really standard compliment, like, you know, cause everyone looks, looks, like looks, yeah. exactly. looks, everyone like looks at work on like a phone screen, yeah. right? Yeah. So they're like, Oh my God, it looks like a photograph. And you're like, I'm going to fucking string. <laughs> but really they're like, you know, they're paying you, know you a compliment. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're always yeah. Yeah. like, thanks. You're just like, you're thanks, just but like, no thanks. Uneducated <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, it's kind totally of our, fine. I mean, do you think it's our job to have to educate, you know, to educate the public on what, even something as small as that, but you know what I'm getting at where it's like us trying to educate that's what public. we're doing right here. That's what we're trying. You can. You're not interested. Am I interested in educating people? You are right now. I, I think that it's a byproduct of doing in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, the word education, it's a strong word, education, because I actually, it's almost like I take it too seriously. Like, I'm not an educator. I feel like an educator is something. A I'm a conversator. <laughs> I'm a conversator. <laughs> I'm a. I think that making work like this actually does provoke conversation on that topic, and I think a byproduct of it is that people do get somewhat educated. I, like, it's tough to make work like this in the moment because no matter what it is, people look at it and they say, oh, that, oh, you must be from a different time. You must be from some like old whatever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, they'll give you a random century and you're like, I don't get oh, that. you're like okay. Yeah. Do you, and you yeah, kind of. Like at what point yeah, are exactly. you not looking at reality? Right, and, but but and also you know I'm sitting there at the moment and I'm like I have to negotiate with myself. Is it worth it to, for me to unpack that <laughs> conversation and to quote unquote educate the person on this topic, or do I just sort of like sweep that aside and move on? But it is interesting because first of all, none of this could ever have been painted any time other than now. Yeah. Like literally, not because it doesn't, not because of the technique but because of the subtlety of the subject matter. Like, there's not a single moment in art history where you're gonna get women painted that way because it wasn't about the private experience of women. It was about the private experience of the men looking at them. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you don't look at the content, it's very easy to go, you're from a different time. I would really not like to be from any different time. I, I think being a woman at any other time would have been really inconvenient. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as it's, good It's as like now. still a little bit inconvenient, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm kind of enjoying like the, the, the socio-political economic freedoms I have. Thank you. I'll keep those um, and, and fight for more of them actually. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like this, this type of work has a really strange like time association for people. Mm -hmm. um, and I get it why that happens, but it is not actually rational. Yeah. Do you feel any obligation as like a, a woman painting now to represent uh, like a, a viewpoint that you feel is underrepresented in art history? I don't feel an obligation to do it. The way that I paint is an extension of who I am mm -hmm. either way. And I think that if that is the case in my work, the the description in that way has only crystallized years into me painting. I mean, maybe someone could have said that with with like relative confidence years ago, mm -hmm. but I'm not I'm not sure. So do I feel do I feel like I need to put that attitude forward? 
Not really, because I actually don't think it matters who makes the work in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, it is interesting once you get to know about, about the person, the painter, the artist, whatever, and like you see what they're making and you see kind of like the larger context and really what they're thinking, that's interesting. But I always want to just keep it about the work. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always been like that for me. I've always been very confused about the primacy of like the individual and their historical context mm-hmm. and what they're thinking privately, the, the primacy that all of that has taken over the actual painting. And I think that's why actually we don't, you know, the art world is full of stuff that isn't visually self-sufficient. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about that totally. recently. And it's great in its own way. Like that's an interesting way to approach art. I think, and it is really like, if you start reading about people, you're like, oh, I really get this. I get the context, I get the stuff, yada, yada. But for people who actually are interested in the object being visually self-sufficient, which I am, and I don't think I want to let go of that, I think that that kind of makes me who I am as a creative, as a thinker, all those things. Um, I don't want it to be about me. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you want to go into how the relation of the viewer to the image is modeled after the relation of me to the viewer and to the image and to the other people looking at me relating to how I you know, paint about women and why I do and why I found this like exact like emotional niche that I feel is underrepresented or underused or really not shown. Mm-hmm. Like, I, sure, we can go into that, <laughs> but like, that's not what the work is about. That's right. kind of what I'm about. And what I'm about is, I think, kind of irrelevant in light of the paintings. Well, it's one of the hallmarks, I think, of the type of art that we all like is that. I mean, when you were just saying what you were saying I was like you sound like a modern artist like you were being (laughs) sarcastic but I was like that's pretty much when you walk through Chelsea that's what I think about when I see a lot of work that I don't like and when I do see work that I like and a lot of it is more I think a lot of the work we agree on as far as being beautiful it's it's about the work. It's not really about like the artist. I mean it's nice to know about a little bit about the artist you know and then there's the lore and everything that's great but I just want to go see this beautiful piece of artwork. And then I'm left sort of satisfied and whole. Yeah, we're on the same team with that one. For sure. I mean, again, like, what is it to be visually self-sufficient? And I think it's actually a, a, a more complex question because we are, by nature, storytellers, and we are so influenced by stories, and, and, and the way that we perceive things actually is like fraught with a lot of other stories like it's 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 hard like if you really haven't been kind of like bombarded with certain types of imagery and stories about the artist would you still think that the work was visually self-sufficient and like sometimes no sometimes yes sometimes no yeah i think it depends on the you know uh, the case-by-case basis (laughs) yeah i mean it just goes to show how freakishly weird and awesome the human brain is how how, how, like, um, how we can convince ourselves of so many different things. We are capable of doing some amazing things, even as, you know, to keep it in the realm of what we're doing. Back to the, even the Instagram thing, when you're talking about seeing so much good work, it influences people just go, oh, okay, that's possible. And then they do it. And sure. Like, whoa, you sure. know, for a long time, somebody, you know, people weren't able to do it. And also kind of instantly they're able to do it as almost as if they were given permission to do it. Sure. And if only everybody could be so lucky that they can just like hang out and make paintings all day long. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what we're trying to figure out. Yeah. I mean, that. like, <laughs> uh, you know, talk about a 
phenomenally genius <laughs> life hack. I mean, that alone. Let me ask you this: sitting, uh, talking about sitting home and making paintings. How do you go about, um, you know, from the beginning of conceptualizing something to the finish? Kind of take us through, you know, making one of your paintings. I wish I was really methodical so that I'd have <laughs> this like beautifully articulate way that I can just break it all down for you right now. Well, um, we don't want that. We just want, yeah, even if it's, it's chaotic it's, it's, in it or not, it's like born of chaos. It good. really, it really is. I have to say like, particularly these, like I, I always want to refer back to these cause in a way, the the, abstract, um, like the, the sort of like semi abstract, semi -abstract yeah. surreal, whatever. I mean, for sure. And they're, they're really kind of like free association time, mm -hmm. just like no thinking, but, um, well, they, you're, they're you're actually thinking. very methodical in the way that they're born out of the chaos which is funny. And when you um, say chaos, you mean it as just what's going on in, in your head. I think, chaos. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Not it's, that there's like fires in your, in yeah. your uh, I mean, there's, studio. There's, there's clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Not, not that type of chaos. The sort yeah. of like, the, the, the sort of like mind labyrinth yes. that is by nature chaotic because it's sort of like convoluted and you, it's, it's like, an, it's a nonlinear thinking obviously, but then it's so nonlinear and like it's, it's, it's so, it's so, I mean, confusing to the brain. Um, I think actually that's why in a lot of ways art is so interesting because it's that like paradox of making the, what feels like incoherent, coherent. Mm -hmm. Like it's this moment where you do realize that you're in this like profound, like you're just like floating around in this like wild ocean. And then there's a space that kind of, wraps you up where you're like okay like I can be safe looking at this thing like even though it's very intense and insane um maybe so do they maybe, generally maybe, maybe. start with drawings in um, some way I, shape I, or form? I do sometimes yeah I do I mean all of the let, let me just kind of look at the wall and see yeah. what happens here so the the ones of women really start um with my friends because I tend to paint the, some of the people that are, that are close to me in one mm -hmm. way or another. And, um, you know, thinking about how to create those intimate moments, I'll actually get people into the studio and just kind of like start playing with them and posing them and lighting them and figuring it out. Um, and, and those images happen. Are you torturing them? Like no, near was? <laughs> no, no, no torture. I actually, I'm pretty quick about it too. Like I don't let people stay for very long cause otherwise it just gets it, like, I feel like it gets stale. It's mm. so like the last, the last session I did and like the shoot and, and the shoot that followed, it was like the people were here for maybe an hour. Mm -hmm. Are you sketching? Sometimes I mostly just photograph now. Oh, I yeah. have to admit, like, does it bother you or are you happy with, I mean, it um, so when I started, I, I was very like ideologically set on painting from life. Neardrum is right. Yeah, it's fantastic what he does. I mean, it's also it his lifestyle really allows for it right. as well. Yeah, I think if I had circulating students through here, <laughs> I think I would just yeah. invariably be drawing them right. But for me to get someone in here yeah. for an extended period of time to draw them, um, usually means that I'm either entertaining them. One or I'm paying them too, and right. I, I'm actually tired of doing either or both. <laughs> right. So like I I like entertaining people, but it does become exhausting. And and I found that over time, like as I was drawing people from life, it's really wonderful because I love observational drawing in particular. Um, it just became really stressful. Like I had to produce a result, and I was worried about what they thought about what I was <laughs> making. And I'm like, 
I shouldn't be giving a shit about <laughs> any of these things. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my work. Like, yeah. this is my time. This is, like, my happy place. We're going to make it happy, <laughs> right? Or, like, try to. Um, so, yeah, over time, I actually transitioned to photo. And, frankly, I, I really learned so much more about painting, allowing myself to use photo mm-hmm. reference at some point. I mean, it was it was profound, the the just like the facility that I got from training myself in that way a little bit more because I got to work from something for like 10 hours straight and not have that stress of exactly like, oh. and then also just stop like ideologically being attached to something I think it's great if you want to paint from life it's, mm. it's fantastic and if your lifestyle and and like logistics allow for that and make that a fluid experience then mm-hmm. by all means I would do it all day long but it's just for me it's not to, to also be happy making my work. It's not realistic. And it was, yeah, it was great to just be able to work on things for a really long time without anybody moving around or getting up or taking breaks. And Looking at your work, yeah. though, I would never think that there's that much, like, it almost seems to me just looking at your work, like, if you're looking at a photograph, it's like a light suggestion and that your paintings kind of, almost like a, a springboard but then your paintings just go off yeah. for sure and they have to be and if it wasn't the case I would just have to tear it up and burn it because the last thing I want is to be a slave to my reference there's a person yeah. you know uh, like I own the reference the reference does not own me unfortunately right. I actually have lately felt that I've been becoming a slave to my reference and like I've had to take a step back and and, and like a lot of the a lot of the drawings mm-hmm. were, were kind of to um, free my mind and hand up a little bit mm-hmm. to, to just st- stop like being attached mm-hmm. to what I was really looking at. Cause there's a, there's a lot more um, kind of surrealism and abstraction in the mark making on those drawings. Yeah. Mylar really allows me to do some wonderful things. Are you doing charcoal on Mylar? No, it's all graphite. Charcoal oh, actually wow. doesn't stick to Mylar very well from, yeah, from my experience. It's it like, would. it's like really, it, it's terrible. It's charcoal. It's doesn't like to terrible. stick to a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Unless it's compressed. That's true. And so, so the ones that, that aren't figures, um, a lot of digital collage recently, especially like in the last week, like with all the weird animals and stuff, <laughs> I, I feel like, I oh, feel so you're like lucky. understanding how to collage is is something I want to master. Like I want to, I actually want to master that. I've understood that in the last couple of days. This is a total <laughs> recent development. Like if I don't master that, I will never be a good painter. What do you mean collage? Um, like not just uh, actually like that one. Like the like horses. What's on the easel. The, yeah, we're looking yeah. at a painting with so, like horses and a, and a so, tiger attacking. So, and so, like the the situation there isn't that like I'm finding a bunch of reference and collaging it. It's more like I'm coming up with it in my mind. I'm making a bunch of sketches. I'm figuring out like how the motion has to be because I generally have a sense of like anatomy and structure. Like that's something I'm grateful for because after doing so much figure drawing, like I just understand what human bodies do and like almost by extension, like I've looked at enough animals, like I kind of get it a little bit mostly. Um, So creating these drawings and then finding all this reference and yeah, collaging it. But it's, it's not, it's not that trivial. It's actually a lot more interesting. I didn't realize how interesting it would be because it's allowed me to build space in a totally different way. I feel like I got very, um, 
yeah, I was, I was just in this very systematic kind of like habit approach to understanding spatially what goes on in paintings. And then suddenly you've got all these different elements and you just keep moving around, moving around. And you're like, wait a minute, I can build all these different types of, of spaces that I can imagine that my hand isn't just habituated to becomes um, a composition and even graphic design just like the simplicity of the graphics of everything yeah when you start placing things yeah. in certain places i mean i I, I suck at it but i'm gonna get good at it it's hard it's a lot harder than people realize yeah sometimes 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 I'll just like look at a bunch of stuff and then draw it up but yeah some, like when, when i actually go in to do the collage yeah photoshop so yeah the, the doodles are definitely one train of thought um the paintings about women mostly and like intimacy are are another stream um, which almost have which have more of an academic quality to them i wouldn't say they're academic but they have a quality of 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 that would you say explain i don't know <laughs> but 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 really, like, give me give me a convincing argument. I say that only because when you look at it in comparison to, let's say, the doodles, is that they're a lot more straightforward in exactly what they are. You know, for example, I'm well, they focus on the figure. On There's the not figure. like you're not putting, you're not constructing much space around them. The figure exists in atmosphere, but it's just the figure, and that's kind of an academic kind of. Or that's something that comes out of a lot of academic work. Not for sure. I mean, is they're it not wrong a, if I think that academic is a dirty word. No, not at all. So I mean, I, we, I say I, th I would say it's a good word we can use. No, to no, describe I want I, I want to talk about it though, because like I just find the term academic to actually be disparaging to painting. Well, I think it's been. Well, I think used. people have always used it that way. Yeah, <laughs> we don't use it that we way. Don't. I, I feel like I used to use the word academic in a much more positive way i think it's an okay way to i still think of it as a good i mean think about anti-academic like i certainly wouldn't want like de-skilling or something yeah. sure like anti-intellectual right well exactly exactly I think that part but, I, but I mean also I mean, like, like intellectual tends to be a bit of a dirty word too because you're like oh you all you have is just like this highfalutin nonsense for us <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's two okay that's two so so, what, so and and the rest of it is really just about like that is the chaos the rest of it is the chaos like, the paintings of women are silence, basically. They're not chaotic to me, at least the way... I, when I look at this one, which is they're a, not. a figure with her hands out with a, a, a cloth around her, which is incredibly beautiful, I see... I see I kind of see anti-chaos. I, I look at it and I feel... It's yeah. like dreamy and Completely. sort of beautiful and calming. Serene. Yeah, it's, it's structured. Her hands are beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. That I did about seen eight one. years ago. Yeah. And so last year I went back and actually did this large format drawing of it because I just, I just love the image. And I also don't know who owns the painting. They won't tell me. Oh, galleries, galleries don't do like that. to do that. Yeah. yeah. Don't we love that? Don't we love that? <laughs> round, round of applause, guys. They feel for like, the oh, system. They feel like, they feel like we're going to go behind their backs and start. And yeah, it's yeah. like, no. We probably will. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good job, guys. <laughs> well no. done. No, actually, it's really, it's really wonderful to have integrity and, and transparency because I feel like when you do have integrity and transparency, people are actually less likely to be yeah, they assholes trust, yeah. in the background. Yeah. If, the, if somebody doesn't trust you, 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 you find a way around that, right? Or at least you, you try to. I, I mean, I haven't, but like... <laughs> we still haven't found the way we, around. We still, I, maybe it's just because I haven't found the way. <laughs> I don't know. It's unclear. But I would like to know who, who owns my work. It of would course. Be, it would well, be wonderful. It, it's actually, when I've talked to people in, the, in, the, um, in, in any sort of collecting world, um, you should know who they are because if there's ever going to be a retrospective 
of your work, you got to know where I it know. is. I've been wanting and the to gallery get a wants to be in the middle of that. They do, and the idea that if you're then um, facilitating a deal or something to have some sort of uh, any sort of show, you should know where your work is um, and always be able to call upon it. Not saying you're gonna, but it's nice to know where it is. So back to the chaos. Yeah, back to the chaos. <laughs> back to the chaos. So well, let me let me ask you this because I was going to ask you about the chaos. Does any of it come from? Any of the influence of maybe because I know you you go to Burning Man a lot too, and I've I know nothing. I mean, I know a little bit about. Do you it. still do that, or you did? <laughs> <laughs> so those are all three different things. <laughs> but I don't know if it's some of the influence of almost that no. feeling of chaos. Burning Man is a party that I go to. Okay. I go to lots of parties. Nice. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a big party in the desert. It's really fun. I recommend <laughs> it. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I don't think I have time for it anymore, mm. but it's been fantastic. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't days. think the chaos derives from there. I don't find a lot of creative inspiration from that space, to be honest. It's really just, just a party. A uh, I think some people do find a lot of creative inspiration from it, though, and it is a creative place. I think what's, what's interesting about it, um, it conceptually is as far as the art, you interact with it and in a way even though the art out there is like fundamentally kind of unsophisticated I think it's a really brilliant notion that you can go to a place and interact with the art pieces I feel like that's a very natural thing for people to want to do it's like when you see a sculpture what do your kids want to do they climb on it they want to climb on it what do you get to go do there? You get to go climb on it. It's awesome, right? Like, there's no reason for that for that to not be the case. For that to somehow be off limits, right? So it's it's beautiful. Uh, it's a what is it? It's a it's a big party in the desert. Um, but it's not. It's also kind of an art fair, right? It's, like a, it's or a, ish. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things. There's something for everyone there. So there's a there's a lecture and workshop circuit. There's so much to do there over that week. You will only see one percent of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you will maybe see like seventy percent of the art if you really try, like mm -hmm. out in the main area. And you'll maybe go to like one or two percent of like the programming that happens there. Mm -hmm. There's eighty thousand people that come out Jeez. from all walks of life. I mean, with the most with with as diverse a set of interests as anybody on the street, and maybe I mean. Like we're in the bubble here in Williamsburg. Mm -hmm. It's my joke about it. So not not as diverse a set of interests, um, but out there, yeah, you come out and there's everything from kind of like weird woo woo shamanic spiritual practices to actual really brilliant um, researchers, hard scientists, um, mathematicians, astrophysicists, like coming and giving talks, like people doing all sorts of different workshops. There's art. There's yoga. So many things. There's I'm like gonna leave. Of, I'm gonna leave out a, a million right. different things. There's like it's, engineering that goes. That's pretty. So yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a very complex event. It's been going on for a long time. Um, it's gotten super expensive. It's, it's it's always been pretty expensive to yeah. go out there. I mean, it's always been like a relatively elite thing. You can go out there and like tent and kind of rough it, which a lot of people do, or you can go out there and fly in and rent like a <laughs> you know fifty thousand dollar a week rv and have like another twenty thousand dollars worth of drugs for the week and whatever so, i mean it's super fun i've taken my parents three times i've built an installation i'm kind of done with it like i've i've given i feel like 
I've gotten as much as I can get from it. And I feel like I've contributed as much as I can possibly contribute mm -hmm. at the moment. So like my la last year was sort of the apex of that. I was just like, well, there's an, I've had a lot of fun going here. I've gotten a lot out of it. Um, and you know, bringing my family was really fun and amazing <laughs> and like wonderful in terms of just like relationship building and like, yeah. and like thrill seeking and <laughs> all the things. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really think of, I couldn't think of any other reason really to go back other than to like bring a piece of art out almost as like a, a thank you. It was kind of like a thank you and goodbye. Nice. Did you bring a piece of art out? Yeah, I did. Have you seen it? No. no. Well, which one would it be? Of like, so, um, it was titled Chapel of Dancing Shadows. Oh, okay. So so this is the scale model. And people can look this up. It's uh, Chapel of... Another artist. So that's number four. That's yeah, number okay. four. <laughs> well, it's, it's sort of, yeah, yeah that's, that's number four. Yeah. So the, uh, if, if, if uh, the audience wants to see images of the structure, they can go to chapelofdancingshadows.com and you can see like the structure and... Um, all of the preliminary images on how we built it and fabricated it, and also you'll see the images. So the, the, the so-called doodles, um, I wanted to build a space for them. Like, I just kind of had this idea. I was like, why, why not turn them into something that's immersive? I mean, right now they're like on, you know, you know. Flat yeah, paper. just, yeah, I mean, it's like, a, whatever, A4 paper. Yeah. I'm like, well, why not take this A4 piece of paper and then turn it into an immersive experience? Like, what's going to happen? And I was thinking, like, why don't I build a structure? How about <laughs> it be big? <laughs> um, How big was it? It was 20 feet tall. Like, it wouldn't fit in here. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Um, maybe 18 feet tall. Maybe it would actually fit height-wise in here, but I don't think it would fit it in terms round. of circumference. Yeah. yeah, so the walls were five by eight feet so all the images were blown up five by eight feet approximately and there were 12 panels and then we did the ceiling out of uh cnc cut pvc flat white pvc and i designed this um almost like really intricate lattice that then we got cut so it looked like you were standing under a lace canopy wow that's awesome yeah I'll show you guys pictures of it. <laughs> it was it was super fun. It was an enormous amount of work. I don't even I know how I pulled it off. I was a, say, a friend how'd of you mine, do that? a friend of mine, came into the studio like a year and a half ago, and she looked at the drawings, and I kind of like I I was sort of like I really want to build a, a space for them, and she's like, well, if you take it to, I was like, if you take it to Burning Man, like she was like, I'll I'll support it, and I was like, cool. So, um, she helped me out with that. I raised some other funds for it i mean it was enormously expensive it was like way more expensive than i than i than i thought it would be um just the you, fact that it got you did you put up the money i raised it yeah um i mean i did put it up but right. i raised it <laughs> yeah i was like wow i just paid these people to do a, like i was like wow this is the largest purchase i've ever made <laughs> in my life holy moly <laughs> It was, it was interesting. It was exciting. Um, it was definitely a highlight for my dad because he, he helped me like on the, on the design end, like on the engineering end. No, he's an engineer of, 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 of many varieties. Um, musician also. Um, he just understands how to build stuff. 
And uh, my friend who helped me with some of the fabrication also understands how to build stuff, but he didn't, he didn't do like the structural stuff. I mean, to me, that was really most important because when I realized that it was actually going to happen and we were building the structure, I'm like, like is this thing going to fall over? Is this thing going to fall somebody? over? I mean, it was like, it was truly, it was such a huge point of stress. I can't even, can't even relate to you. Like a, a couple weeks before the event or even a week before the event, I think I would just wake up in a sweat because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like, can I pull this off? Is it going to work? Is it going to fall? What? That's like a lot of logistics. <laughs> it you was have to a, worry about. it was a lot. It was a lot. If anyone had told me in the beginning how much work it is to vertically produce a piece of art like this, I would have told them to go fuck themselves <laughs> and painted the whole year instead. <laughs> anyway, I, I think it was worth it. People had a really great time in it. People had a, re- a lot of like really beautiful experiences in there, which is what the whole thing was made for, anyway. Do you feel yeah. like it hit one of the, um, you know, your, you, I mean, we joke about it, but you being three or four different artists, but that idea of whether it hit the chaotic part of, of what you find is interesting or the, you know, the doodle part that. I think it's a doodle part. It's a doodle part. It's <laughs> the doodle part. Cause it was a doodle. It just was a doodle in 3d. That was blown up. Yeah. It was a really big fabricated 3d doodle but how about the chaos of getting that thing over there and all that crazy that's the type of chaos that i'm not you're not not interested in yeah but and and you know i'm like i'm enormously grateful to all the people who participated and helped and helped fund it and helped produce it and just helped me out there in the desert put it together i mean it's you know i'm not necessarily a good manager of people i'm a very good independent worker independent player like even in sports yeah exactly (laughs) but like even in sports you know like I don't play soccer I swim I'll do a relay right I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like play on a volleyball team I can't can't, it's just not my skill (laughs) set like I'm not gonna understand how to interface with all the people next to me you know and even well I mean or just just is is just like a little bit like mentally incapable (laughs) um but yeah this was a really phenomenally challenging project in that I had to also manage a lot of people and try to keep everybody happy and try to not be an asshole. <laughs> it just, that, that's that hard. Last one was tough. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Do you feel like you choose your projects or do you feel like they just kind of, you kind of go in a direction just because that's like where your head is at? And... I mean, both, I, you know what? I think if I chose my projects more concretely, I would have, my career would look very different. I am a wanderer. Mm-hmm. I'm a wanderer on so many different levels. Like I'm, I'm a wanderer through my own mind and through my own studio practice and just through my own work and in life. I mean, I think if there's any consistency there, it's that everything's moving around and I'm, my work is predicated on the fact that the canvas stays still. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Like literally, I mean, you're, although there were, you know what? I had a really, really beautiful experience. Like maybe five or six years ago, um, did a little bit of mushrooms and I went into the studio and I was, and I painted a little bit on a, on a portrait that I was doing. And it was so profound because it felt like I was actually like painting with what felt like skin Mm. and I was creating another person in front of me. (laughs) It was, it really felt like I was touching another human being and like I put down the brush and I just started kind of like finger painting it. It was, it was beautiful and it was also in the late stages of the work. So it was already like pretty realistic. It was like very, very present and it was 
such a moment. I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm completely talking to this like human <laughs> that I've just made. Do you feel like with that experience when you're, um, you know, when you're not and you're just in the studio that you think back to that and almost <laughs> yeah. try to recapture that totally. without having any totally. sort of totally. influential, you know, anything well, in you? Once the door is open, it's open. Well, I, I've, I've the door has been flung open so many times it no longer closes. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's, that actually is what connected to my next question. What's with the theoretical physics on the uh, blackboard over? You know, it's good to have a blackboard, and when your friends come over, so I think that's the Drake equation up there. And my friend was explaining the Avogadro number and the um, the Fermi paradox. And then I don't know what that I don't know what those circles are. I know there's a set of boobs in between the math. Problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The nipples are shining. So I don't know what the, um, I don't know what the circles are. I'm not and then, sure. And then there's this talk of a multiverse on the side here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff. <laughs> it's a sort of, it's a sort of brain collage. It, it, you, it's, you don't know what you have until it's gone type of thing. And mm. when you're not hanging out with your pirate crew of like crazy but artists forget about even Dallas like, but that's, I'm just we, using this right like, now when we have this conversation this is running through my head for like a week and a half two weeks like mulling through every word that we was spoken and like it's inspiring me for like anytime I hang out with painters and particularly when we're talking about like like really digging into like the chaos that you're talking about mm. and like big like trying to like wrestle with meaning in, in life and, and trying to find ways to paint through that. Like those conversations, which, you know, if there's a little bit of wine involved and a bunch of painters together, like that's eventually where it always goes. And it's so fulfilling to, I would like to get us all together for that. We should, we should just curate a whole evening. I need more of that in my life. I feel Me like too. It's so over important. the last years, I've actually really detached myself from it. Most of my friends are in tech. Yeah. Like, honestly. It, and also, I live in the bubble. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I, like I, literally, like when I walk down the street, I'm not meeting artists in this neighborhood. There are no artists in this neighborhood. Let's yeah, be Williamsburg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sorry. I mean, everybody's an artist, but yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> I live in that world yeah, where everyone's exactly. an artist. But we're talking <laughs> yeah. about hanging out, like I was saying, yeah. your, your, your tribe, which is in this case where the at a certain level, you want to talk with these people who are at a certain level that you want to be firing on. Yes. And that becomes incredibly important. I didn't realize how important it was to me. I always just was around it yeah. fortunately i've been blessed to be kind of around it but almost, not by accident just because you find your way and then when you're not around it you start realizing like oh my god i miss having that and even the idea that even when you're not in it to know that it's at an arm's length away mm -hmm. if you need it it's right there and when you feel like you don't have that it's kind of it, it, it stresses you out and even this like i was going to even mention i've known you for a while yeah. We've known each other for a long time. And every time I'd run into you, you're wearing some like really rad outfit or something. <laughs> or I'd see photos and you seem like you're always creating something, whether not necessarily with like a paintbrush or a pencil, but you're doing something where I'm like, what are you doing? You know, whether it's even just the way yeah. you're, you were moving your body or something like that, where it's like, oh, she's being kind of like creative and stuff. And I remember talking to you, Ted, about, and I was like, God, it just, 
forgive me for using this word, but I, I'm hoping you understand what I mean. And it sounds so cheesy, but like living the creative life in the sense that not just because we're making paintings, but everything you do from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep is something creative, whether it's you're painting on a painting or you're making something for you know, your kid, or you're just looking at, you're walking down the street and you're like, huh, look at that branch sticking out a certain way, you know, and it looks like it's making this weird shadow on something. And all of a sudden, like going home and thinking about that, like, I, that's a bad example, but the idea is like, you know, when I'm at a place and I actually, see, I think that's a pretty awesome example. Okay. Maybe. Just Thank saying. you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, like you go into somebody's backyard and they just created something. Re they're not, Technically, and I'm putting up the air quotes, not artists, but they created their backyard to be something that's like so creative. Like, I'm like, why am I not doing that all the time? Like all day long doing something where you're like, look at something and see what you can create out of it. Like, and it, does this make any sense? Yes. I feel like a lot of people that we have things in common would understand what I mean by it and also being kind of frustrated that I'm not necessarily doing that all the time. Coming. <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse, I think I'm doing that a lot. But I also want to make the distinction between like being creative and creating art. Okay. Like f that's a good point. I, I, and and maybe that's actually a distinction that isn't worth making because it makes you feel like there's more at stake. Because really, it's just like everyone is just living their life and trying to live their life and at some point we'll all be dead. So um, maybe thinking of it as though there's really so much at stake is silly. But at the same time, I kind of have to admit, like I feel like when I've made paintings in the past and still, like I feel like there's really something at stake. When I, when I put on clothes, there's nothing at stake. Right. I just think the color of this jacket is awesome. <laughs> you know? Um, but there's, it feels like, to me, when I have this strange fabric rectangle that I put dirt mixed with oil on, yeah. it feels like what I put on there matters. Yeah. And like, I have to figure out how to justify whatever I'm putting on there being better than it not being on there. Right. And I have to feel like what I put on there improves the world somehow. Or like creates this moment of either like hope or just spontaneity or interest or insight. And ultimately, like ideally, I at least want to move people. I right. really want to move people. Like I, I want to be moved by things. Like th when things in life move me, I feel like those are my peak moments. Like I want yeah. to create peak moments for people. I feel like that's way too ambitious from what I actually am able to do most of the time. But I don't think, I mean, those are the moments where you feel alive and music does it pretty easily. Like music can sure. connect to that so easily, right? And I think visually, like painting, it's, it's a much like, it's just a tougher, it's a taller order. Yeah. But when it happens, it's like a still canvas that's not moving, it's not doing anything, it's dirt smeared on you know, on fabric that that can give you that same feeling as music is profound and that you can keep going back to that and getting more from it. And like, there are certain paintings that I can visit all the time. And I like, I still am 
moved in new ways every time I see them. And, and that's possible. And I think that you have to believe that's possible to be able to achieve that, like to be able to go there with your paintings or even try to go there. Like you just have to believe that it's possible. Right. And believe that the stakes are high, that it matters. That it's so, so, yeah, I think it does matter. I think the stakes are really high. I think there's an enormous amount of risk. I, but I'm, I'm not sure that everyone feels that way. And I'm not sure it's actually really that productive to feel that way while you're doing it because there's a lot of it's almost like you're putting a cast on your own mind and on your own emotions well the judging is the downside the judging is the downside so what like what's your what's your antidote to your judging i you know what if i found a I, I, when i when i find the antidote i won't hate myself so much <laughs> how about you the antidote to judging uh i mean i think we're always trying to learn empathy so like the idea of trying to recognize the empathy then you become you 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 it becomes a little bit more familiar to you it's hard to not judge at times yeah. you know and it's i th- empathize with yourself like you're i i think just to understand the idea of what empathy is you know like there are times when i hated something and then i found out well you know Maybe that person had a bad day and they couldn't, that was the best they can do that day. And not to say that I loved it, but I was like, oh, okay, it's maybe not as like horrible as I thought. But like judging yourself is a different, I mean like, yeah, but I, I do find judgment. like kind of taking a longer view uh, sometimes, I mean, I've, I've been painting for a long time now and when I look back at old paintings that I literally just wanted to like fling myself out of a window, looking at, I, you know, then sometimes, like, years later, I'm like, what was I so upset about? Like, well, it's actually, like, I don't even know if I can do that now. That, that's standard. I feel like that's that's always the process, right? You look back and you're like, it's really not that bad. Why did I it's hate really myself so much? Well, I think it's it's an understanding you're not in the middle of it, and, and with that intensity, like, people probably don't realize that, you know, I was saying that when I was looking at that painting with the figure that looks so sort of dreamlike and calming, it was probably pretty damn intense throughout the, you know, the process of making that painting, meaning the idea that you're concentrating, you're going for it, and all these things that you just mentioned were hopefully in the paint, you know, through you, into the, through the brush and into the paint. I mean, I'm just wondering, like, do you find yourself judging other, other people's art in the same way that you judge your it's, own? it's hard. I don't. Oh, oh you mean how we, our own? No. I just, you know, I think it's impossible not to judge other things that are so close yeah. to what you do because I think in general you're always trying to educate yourself or see what other things how they could possibly influence your work to be better or even just look at it and be like give yourself a little like you know what you know maybe what, maybe what I do isn't so bad you know because that's mm. not that good but mm. other times I'll look at stuff and be like that's so good yeah and like I you know makes me feel bad I am astounded by how much talent there is in the world yeah. I am There's daily a lot on a of daily people. basis I am literally like it is astonishing to me how much talent there is it's out there. It's both inspiring and like super daunting. intimidating. Yeah. Very intimidating, very daunting, yeah, for sure. My my answer to the judging though is just going to the gym. It's a great way. Just like it's the only way. It, well, it just becomes an energy thing it's that you just the only way for me. Get it out daily. Know? I murder those negative thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Are you would you say you're a relatively um, optimistic person? 
yeah, I am. A lot of times not towards myself, but in general. In general. Yeah. I, I think I definitely vacillate between being very optimistic just in my own life and then feeling <laughs> totally hopeless yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as what I'd actually like to achieve. Because I think, you know, if you look at it objectively, you can stand in this room and say, like, awesome, good job. But that's not what's in my head. What's in my head is all the things that I haven't done and all of the ways in which this isn't great, right? Or the ways in which I think that it isn't enough. So, like, all I see is things in potential. And, like, as time passes, the, the potential, the, like, the potentialness of it kind of starts to close in on me more and more it's almost like we were talking about that unfinished canvas yeah. right like you know when you start you're like everything is open but then the fight like the finiteness of finishing can be really intense and it's just the things that I want to achieve in my life I often stand in front of some of these paintings and I'm like this is just not good enough to yeah. be a launch pad for what I really want to make and so just lately I've kind of been looking at everything and really laughing at myself and just approaching it as like, here you go, waking up and uh, just failing all day long. <laughs> awesome. And I also realize that I can, I can actually live a really happy life, even if I consider everything that I'm doing is a failure, as long as it I just sound right. reframe that. I'm just like, whatever, like, I'm just going to fail all day long. It's fine. It's like fail beautifully. Kind of, right? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, like every single painting is just like a fail better sort of thing. That's what, I mean, a lot of the paintings probably that you, like, admire most, you know, the artists, you know, were failing to themselves. I mean, I think people who hold themselves to a really high standard are, like, doomed to fail constantly in every brushstroke. It's a fail, 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 but... Right, and also there's a lot of success in it, too. Yeah. Right? Like, you stand back and you're like, it's real. Yeah. Right. And, and just that sense, I mean, if you can impress yourself, I think, then you've done it, right? <laughs> you've kind of like, you've really like done something interesting. That only lasts. It like doesn't last very long. before you're... <laughs> well, that's the, that's, the, that's the nature of the brain though, right? It's, it's literally like a dopamine hit. Like, I, like I'll work on something small and I'll like get into it and if I can get it really quickly and I'm just like, boom. I'm so elated. I'll wake up the next morning and feel none of those good vibes, <laughs> right? We'll be like, well, okay, that's, that's past. Um, it, I mean, it's interesting, though. The, the, the judging thing is complex because it also is what forces you to improve yeah. a lot of times. Um, and then it kind of throws in relief how strange it is to, to both value your work and then have your work be valued by others and, and what your work is actually kind of, like, worth just in the grand scheme of things, because it really is about showing it, right? Like, it's not like you're just storing your work. Like, people are seeing it, whether, even, whether it's just even, like, on social media. Um, it's, a, it's really, like, that, that cocktail of things is really interesting, because it's a conversation between your insecurities <laughs> and your desire to make great painting, and then other people's, like, interface with it, which a lot of times is actually really profound. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. It's bizarre. The whole cocktail is, is bizarre. Yeah. To, I, to have access to, to that much like communication immediately, even in process. 
like five years ago, like 10 years ago, you were not posting your paintings this way. No, definitely you did not. not have that type of that, that like the vast interaction with people. I mean, even for you guys, like you, you guys have both been exhibiting for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. How many people mm-hmm. do you think saw every one of your paintings that you, that you made or like just eat, like one painting and any painting, how many eyes do you think actually Depends, fell but not, upon not, it? Not yeah. nearly a couple as thousand. Much. Yeah. Not couple. nearly as much as now. It's so like maybe a couple thousand in the gallery. Yeah. How many, how many do you think are now on it? It could be a lot more. I mean, something like when you even look at, uh, uh, I mean, you could, you can look at it. You could see, you can actually almost see how many people see it when they start liking it. That's the format that they're looking at it in through. Like it's tragic. I I don't love that. It really is. The format, the format, the format is is awful. (laughs) And the fact that like, I think we can all agree, but we can all agree that the way to see your work is in, in person. But, and when do you like, so we're we're people who are like interested in painting and images and so we might look at something like Instagram slightly differently but most people who are looking at your paintings on Instagram are I mean when do you look at Instagram it's like when you're killing time when you got you know when you're stuck somewhere and you you just killing time totally so that's what people are that's when they're looking that's not serious consideration and that's not that's not like you're not setting your paintings up for success if you want to move people. I mean, you definitely, may move definitely people. not. But I think what what I'm actually talking about is how weird it is that people are interacting with you yeah. about them immediately. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, you're like, wait, why did I just put this? I'm on not the even internet? done with this. Yeah. But but actually, you question. You're like, why am I sharing this? Yeah. It's weird, right? Especially at a stage. I question this. I've actually kind of stopped. I've like pulled back from it. You like, mean like showing? Just anything, like, even finished stuff. You're like, why yeah. am I, why? There's right. a lot of people who put up things, you know, and, I, and I'm guilty of doing this at times also, but, um, you know, a couple of hours into it, you know, and then a day later they'll post like the whole step-by-step in a way, but it's not a step-by-step. They're just showing a quarter finished painting. And the painting I'm assuming is meant to be seen when it was, when it's finished on a, on a wall. Mm-hmm. Not maybe not meant to be seen. You I mean as an artist, I like seeing process photos like any other. Artist. I love it. I love it because mm-hmm. you can. I'm obsessed. You, it's fun to like break it down and oh, they do it. This when way. people have cool process, it's legitimately interesting. Yeah, I mean, for like sure, shitty process is shitty process, but whatever. totally. But what is shitty process? But most likely, <laughs> the, just when it's not when it's not like compelling. When yeah. it's just when like the, But most likely, the painting is meant to be <laughs> seen finished. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true that is pretty vague but it's it's more like a visual thing it's like you know in the format of a two by two inch screen something's right. either awesome or it's not you know it's an interesting like social science study like how you know oh, completely i mean in so many ways but it, it's just dopamine but i also feel like it's uh it's deeply problematic in that like your paintings, I think, say a lot in person, and there's scale, and there's there's texture, and there's there's you know translucency, and there there's there's a whole lot going on that is not going on on a little screen. Completely, and, and it's 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 sad to me that a lot of people are really only seeing them. Yeah, I mean, on if it's an invitation for people to then come and see the paintings, and if that's what it does, which I think it to Sometimes. some extent it does, that's a great that's. Uh, fantastic and if it's the only way people are going to see your paintings because they're in you know india then that's great too they get to see your paintings and maybe you know maybe it does happen to move them catch them at the right time catch them 
actually looking very seriously and being in the right headspace to be moved. But, uh, you know, that's, I don't think I expect that, but, you know, with social media, I don't. But I'd like to think that, and you know, that's the reason why we, any of us would put them on social media is in, totally. invi- as an invitation to say, come see these things in real life for anybody. Well, that's part of it. I mean, or like some, you know, to say to somebody in Australia, I know you're going to get on a plane and see this in real life. Yeah. So here's what I'm doing. But the idea is in its, in its most pure form, I would like to think is here's what it, you know, here's an image. Um, come see it. You know? Yeah. That would in be its cool. purest form. I, uh, of course, that's not going to happen for everybody i am not sure that the way that i'm not sure that the structure of social media is good for anybody selling work for under a hundred thousand dollars and to view it because like i i think what i'm what i'm seeing is that the worlds are just becoming like more and more polarized there's this like abundance of just this overabundance of content and um and then this like monolith of a blue chip gallery system that's like crystallizing and crystallizing and hardening and hardening more and more. Um, So I think representation will probably take on different hierarchies that may, may not be as expected. Like right now it kind of feels more wild westy and that you can establish a really large following kind of all on your own. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if that's still going to remain the case as the algorithms change, as the corporate nature of it becomes more solidified and crystallized. And as, um, as, uh, the power to kind of like control the eyeballs, Mm -hmm. um, is more and more polarized. Cause I mean, the web is like that right now too. You know, it's basically like three entities that own the entire web and nobody uses the actual web. Like nobody goes to websites. You use Facebook, there's Apple and there's Google and name me another structure that's like salient. Right. So in a way, I mean, the art world is moving that way as well. The, the apps, I think by nature, tend towards these sort of relative monopolies. So mm. whatever well, they get bought out by the monopolies. Yeah, yeah. but but also but just the way that the way that the eyeballs are moving around. So like your attention is so valuable monetarily to all of these companies. Like it, it's gonna be interesting to see like how how the eyeballs are organized and whether it's possible for somebody to build up, you know, like a several hundred thousand person following on on one of these platforms anymore. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I mean, there'll always be these like influencers, yeah. right? But I'm not But even something like that, I think as it progresses into whatever direction it goes, that even the hundred thousand, two hundred thousand followers you're gonna start realizing really don't mean anything. I don't think it means anything right now yeah. either. But, I think but, it's all but, rubbish, but it's just mm-hmm. kind of like it's it's for the sake of it dopamine, is, I think. But it's it becomes fun. like a collect <laughs> people are like think it means it almost like it translates to them being famous or popular or something when they have a hundred thousand followers. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It just it doesn't mean anything. Well I mean if you're a model and you have one point five million followers, then every time you walk into a nightclub somebody pays you ten thousand dollars. So like that model monetizes pretty well you know but there's a lot of people yeah a little bit different i'm not really because now you're talking about people who are i mean yes it's always nice to get your stuff out there in any way possible now but i think it's i mean it's an interesting conversation because i find so much good in it as well i think it's so amazing to be 
inside your own space all by yourself and mm. then to just like throw this concept idea image whatever like out into the world I think um, it's, I and think get it's, responses other than what's inside yeah. your own brain and that alone i think actually is awesome i think that's like a just a net positive in and of itself mm. which i which artists have never had in the past I mean, the issue is that people just maybe misuse it or get addicted to it or or derive a value from it that it's not actually giving yeah. them or like it's, I mean, well, I'm sure there's a lot of complex shit around it. But. You're looking at it in a rational way that, that I think a lot of people don't and because you're or saying- a thoughtful that, way. Or a thoughtful way, but you're saying the net positives and I agree with that, but then, you know, it swings the other way where there's a lot of bad stuff. It just, but it's, but you just brought up some of the bad stuff, so it's, you're aware of it, so- Oh, the the bad stuff is rampant. It's, it's crazy. Um, you know, but- Really, especially because you're looking at a two by two inch yeah. square. That's what. That's and what it's I, yeah. pathetic, yeah. you know. But at the same time, better than nothing, maybe. I guess it's. Of. I mean, mm. one of the other things that I love about it is just that I'm like, I feel like I know a lot of artists who, uh, you know, out on the West Coast, or you know, and then when I go to the West Coast, I like hook up with these people who I like. How would I have known about some of these exactly. people? But then I'm like you know, messaging them and being like, Hey, I'm going to be out there and you get together, hang out. Like it's, I mean, it's amazing. And, and so it makes our, it kind of expands our community of kind of people who love art and want to talk about and think about art. And you've got these communities all over and we're all connected through that. And I think that's like, to me, that's like the apex of it. That's the high point is that like, we're all out there inspiring each other and that you know, that's what the Renaissance was in Florence, like a bunch of, you know, studios and everybody was kind of in close quarters and they might have been secretive, but you still saw what everybody else was doing and, and that inspired you. And I, I think that's that's the, the big upside. That's like me being optimistic about it is like that exists and that's fantastic. Even if I'm looking at, you know, somebody's painting in that format, I feel like I have enough sense of who they are that I can I can know a little bit more about the painting. Not enough for me to be satisfied, but uh, it's it's better than nothing. I mean, I share that optimism wholeheartedly. I wouldn't know most of the people that I know about. I wouldn't even know most of the people that I know if it weren't for those interfaces. <laughs> well, you would know people truth. in New York. <laughs> I showed up in New York and knew one person. Yeah. And like it just made it so much easier um, to connect with to connect with painters. Yeah. Were you actually yeah. using the internet then to connect with people back then? Seven years ago, I wasn't using anything else. <laughs> I I literally, I mean, so. yeah, I didn't grow up here. I just showed up, um, and being able to connect with other painters through that format was the way there was no other way i think i was you and i were like friends on social media before we actually met for sure most of the artists that i'm that i know i'm i've, I've been friends with on social media before i actually met them I, yeah it's it kind of makes sense though because like you want to follow people's work yeah yeah um it's obviously transformed over the last years and, and become more about like personal relationships than about looking at people's work because I feel like I follow I follow work in a bit of a different way now um but yeah I'm I'm excited about all the eyeballs that that painting can now get mm -hmm. 
I find that to be really fantastic. And also, it was really driven home to me by being on TV, mm-hmm. by the work being on TV. That's right, like, you had a Like painting. when that happened, I was like, oh, I get it. Media is powerful, <laughs> like really powerful. Like when you get your like several thousand emails on one topic, yeah. you kind of have to step back and you're like, wow, there is a machine out there yeah. that is enormous. And our 20,000 person art world just dwarfs in comparison oh, yeah. to oh, all yeah. of that. And you don't realize what types of audience you have. Well, there to the people listening, they might not know what you're talking about. Do you want to explain? Oh yeah. Is? So these, it, this happened really, um, really spontaneously and randomly. I thought that someone had just been really nice and like made a phone call for me or something. And I was trying to figure out who they were, but apparently these guys from ABC were writing a show and they were scouring the internet, trying to find a painting that would help them tell the story. And so they found my painting and they called me and they were like, can we license this? And I was like a little bit hesitant actually at first because I really didn't want it to be misused. But I was like, okay, I mean, it's TV, it's free money, like sure. Um, And so it's this primetime ABC show called The Catch and they actually wrote me into the show. So I'm I'm a character on the show without being in the show as an actor. And my painting is in every episode of the first season, and it's a and it's like a pivotal point in the narrative. It essentially drives the emotional component of the narrative and um, is a mirror to the relationship of the two main characters. And to be honest, it was used really beautifully. I couldn't have asked for them to do a better job on it, and it was really wonderful and spectacular. and And I think a lot of people saw it, and a lot of people really loved it mm-hmm. as you know, because they tracked me down. I mean, it's not like ABC did actually did any like actual advertising for me on their site or anything. I mean, I don't know if people really even knew that I was a real person, mm-hmm. but they, I guess, Googled it and Googled me and found my site and found my email on my site and wrote to me and asked for things. That's awesome. You know, and that was really interesting and exciting. And, and I think, you know, in light of a gallery world that I think is rapidly transforming and, and the fact that so many people are so profoundly disenchanted with the gallery world because mm-hmm. it often it often really does not work in favor of artists yeah. at all. I mean, the structures of it are so arbitrary. The way that you're expected to produce work is entirely, like, historically contingent. I mean, it's not a historical constant to, like churn out work in series every two years with certain like you know with certain like very very well-defined kind of like philosophical concepts that that you need to put forth as like validating the work etc 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 I mean and that that's just the beginning of it so that really made me think I mean I've been representing myself for a long time and I I work with galleries but I've always been hesitant to sign any paperwork with anybody and frankly the people that have been coming at me for that I don't want to work with and mm-hmm. I would like to work with people who probably would like laugh in my face at the moment but just give me a little time um this was an incredible solution to that problem <laughs> I was like oh who needs galleries when you have television <laughs> it was really interesting I mean to be honest like I don't think a work has been has been shown like that 
on TV or in a film in any meaningful way since like Robert Longo on American Psycho, you know, like in that room where his paintings are hanging <laughs> yeah. and it's all, and it's everything's in that room and his paintings are hanging there. So it's very like the, the paintings are very present in the narrative. Um, I mean, they were shocked that I was like a living person when they found the work. And then when I showed up, like I, I met them and then Shonda Rhimes comes up, like gives me a huge hug and looks at me and she's like, Oh God, I thought you were old, <laughs> which was also hilarious. Right. Cause it, like it, it really is unclear who's making the work, which I actually really like. Did they, um, did, did they solicit, like, did they want to know from you what like you were putting into the painting or did they just kind of go off with it and happen to kind of land in a place where you were really happy with how they interpreted it or thought about it? I think the way that they thought about it is just their own way. I think there right. are many ways to think about it. I didn't, I didn't, I don't mind the way that they thought about it. I think mm -hmm. they just beautifully incorporated it into the show. I thought mm -hmm. it was like elegantly done. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the museum piece was $12 million. I was like, I can work with that. <laughs> Completely unrealistic at the moment, but I was like, damn, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be cool. Be done, um, done for six months. I wouldn't yeah, have to pay yeah, for six months. Yeah, totally. I mean, God, in, in my this bubble. Yeah, in this bubble. <laughs> go paint and some awesome island for a while. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's, that's a reality that I'd like to participate in. Um, so if you were approached by more of that, you would be completely open to it. Oh, and, it's, I mean, it's a little scary. It's you a gave me scary. some advice cause I got approached, uh, a little bit and, oh, you, know, yeah, that's and right. uh, I, you know, I still, I have no did, idea how it's going to go. Did we'll that see. go through that? Whole it did thing? go through. I don't, we'll did see you do? I mean, can you even talk about it or no? I can't really talk too you much can't. about it at this point. Actually, weirdly, like was just rearranging my studio and I found a release paper that I have no recollection of for one of my paintings for some TV production company that I like, I don't even know. It was like years ago. I, mm. I have no recollection. I don't even know. I, I probably should Google the company and just figure out what they produced. <laughs> and, and should you be getting royalties from anything? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I have no idea. I think, yeah, That's funny. I think it's just a, a one shot check. At least yeah. in, in the case, the, I, the, most of the deal time that is. I worked out, yeah. The, the, the companies are super cheap as well. Yeah. Well, I know how really also cheap, just, I mean, having done animation and been in that world for a while, like uh, unless your face is physically on the screen and you're saying words, they don't, you don't get any money on the, you know. But even the, the intellectual rights to things, as soon as they use it, they, you know, you, you oh my God, I those know contracts are, are like crazy. demoralizing in all really? media, in Some any universe or any, yeah. mine was you know, like a paragraph. Unknown. Really? It's a paragraph. In perpetuity. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was stuff. like, I get it. You're using it. You're paying me money. I keep the rights. Right. Yeah. Which it was is, like, which, it was like literally which, that short. I that's, think that's great because I've been, you know, ones have come across me where I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. They're like, and we're also going to own all of your work from here on out kinda, forever. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> like while you're, you know, may, producing for us, we own anything that comes out of your brain and that's, right. a, and I'm not joking. 
Like that's it, insane. Like that's anything a, in that small period of time that you're doing this production for us, and we're talking about things. I'm not going to say time. who that is because I, I I know, but they also are very litigious. So yeah, I wouldn't yeah, even yeah. mention their names. But the idea it. is that they're like anything that you produce, you know, whether you're here or not in this while we're employing you and this goes back a long way we we own that too and it's just like whoa <laughs> that's a little crazy but yeah no i mean what it sounds like what you did was perfectly normal and and good and and i'm just thrilled it came out well because i went out for the premiere and again i was super like nervous it was fun but actually i got there and i was like oh god Oh no. <laughs> what if this is just horrible? Yeah, it's they, like, sorry, it's primetime television. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch television. I don't recommend that anybody does. Especially I, not I, I, I have a pretty disparaging view of television, like mostly. I mean, it was, I was kind of like, oh shit, like, what have I gotten myself prime into? Primetime network the TV is. Yeah, like, I mean, they did a really great job. They yeah. did a really great job. Yeah, it was, it was, I was, um, yeah, it was wonderful. So go see The Catch with season one with Maria's painting. Just, just watch the first episode. <laughs> Forget about it. Or maybe the second. I know people loved the show. Like People write to me. They're like, they love the show. I'm like, cool. That's awesome. Love the show. Yeah. <laughs> Have you even watched the whole season? I've watched some of it. Yeah. There you go. Some of it. Nice. That's awesome. Alan, if episode you're listening, one. I love you. But it's TV. So where can other people see your work? Um... How do they find Sometimes do they just Google your name, and I mean, I'm assuming I have you, a website. What's your website? MariaCrane.com. You have an Instagram account. Too. I have an Instagram account. <laughs> what's that? Maria Crane. Nice. <laughs> and, and besides that, do you do you do any? Do you teach any workshops or any of that? I no. know we get. Always- I've taught two. Just I haven't in many years. I've taught two workshops. It was very fun. Um, it was some of the people that turned up were really awesome and it was kind of an honor to even have them in the class. Um, it's amazing. Um, it was so exhausting cause mm. I don't stop. Like I don't understand this, this notion of teaching and then sort of chilling out while, um, the students are working. So I'm constantly walking around doing critiques and then doing a demo and critiques. And demo. by the time I come home after that six hours, I'm so toast. I'm it just like, so I, there's, there's, the, I go from like vertical to horizontal and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I sleep for 12 hours and get up again at like six in the morning and do it all over again. Cause it's usually a weekend. And I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Yeah. It's hard. I, I actually really love it in a way, but it, it was, it was really intense. The fact that you guys do this regularly, I am in it's awe. Hard. Every week I find myself like, I, after teaching, like I teach for a full day, I teach for an evening and then a full day the next day. And that night I just like collapse. And the next morning even is like, I'm just dragging around. Yeah. It is brutally. I mean, like to just to talk for that long energetically and thoughtfully is like, I, I mean, it makes me feel like teachers in general should be valued way more than we value them. That's such an understatement. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're doing a heroic task yeah. daily. Yeah, it's incredible how much work it takes to really be good <laughs> at that and to and to be good to your students. And you feel you have to be right. Like, yeah. Um, 
Like, these people really want to hear what comes out of your mouth. For me, I have no idea why they would want to hear that, but I was like, well, I guess you want to hear that, so I will really do my best. I'll do, yeah, try to have yeah. something useful. I'm like, really? You want me to teach you how to draw? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see what I can invent right now. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on and having a really fun, cool conversation and bringing the energy. And you inviting us into your studio, into your letting home, us see your beautiful Home work. slash studio. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Let's do this all the time. All the time. We don't yeah. always have to bring recording equipment. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I mean. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should do one with like a big group of people. I would totally do it. That'd be awesome. There'll be, there'll get, be a like, lot of screaming on the microphone. It doesn't matter. But whatever. But the idea, again, the, the conception of this idea is to get... It, it, as if we're all hanging out, you know. I mean, we are all together. hanging out. We are. I haven't seen you guys <laughs> and then in recording years. It. Yeah. So if there's more people hanging out, I mean, I didn't so grill you it. too much about about what you're doing, but it's not important. Is it not? No, you're important right now. <laughs> okay, clearly. we're not that. Important. Clearly, that's always the case. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On that note, thanks, Maria. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Alrighty. Thank you. Thanks, Jay Braun, 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 Braun. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop the music for a second. Ted, stop the music. Uh, hey, guys, we we don't have to do the J. Braun, Braun, Braun thing. That was like supposed to be a one-time joke. It's totally cool. J. Braun, Braun, I hate that so much. <laughs> no, really. I don't even think it's funny.